welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. With you today is host number one, Ken Seymour. Number one! Woo, I win! The other one, me, Richard Geiger. Who also wins! Yay! So today, we are going to have a little bitty discussion about a gentleman who acts in picture shows and a few other various things. Stage? I believe he does have a good deal of stage experience. Yes, and the occasional uh, HTC uh, commercial. (laughs) That's right. I almost forgot about that. Uh, That, of course, the person we're talking about is Mr. Gary Oldman. Yes, the, the man that can seem to play essentially anything if you just give him enough leeway to do so. One of my favorite actors. We're going to go through our top five favorite Gary Oldman films. So we had this, uh, well, let's call it an, an idea. Let's discuss something. We like to do tops, top five, top tens uh, from an era, from a thing, from a this or that. And we're like, well, let's do an actor or an actress. And we rattled off a 20, a 30. Oh, yeah. And we're just like, well, I like that person, but I've seen like two movies. And the other one's like, and like Ken would suggest good people and I'd be like I haven't seen any movies and I would suggest horrible <laughs> selections and he would look at me with like why that's that's not entirely accurate you you would you tend to favor the action genre Possibly, uh, certain yes. certain time frame certain time period and I tend to um, tend to focus on different types of actors so our interests while they do intersect don't always intersect so well I did throw out there some Denzel. Yes. I think we'll have to come back to him. He's he's going to take some thought on the ones that I like the best. Although he's pretty much the same person in every movie, just a different variant of the same person. Which is movie. why it will take some thought. <laughs> I have to look to see if I can see him playing like uh, the macho dude. Wait, no, he does that. Uh, the guy with confidence. The guy with confidence. The guy that inspires everyone around him. Mm. Wait, no. He does a little bit of every same thing. Okay, anyway. Yeah. One of the best of our generations. Anyway, back to uh, Gary Oldman. Yes. So, uh, we have a list. He's been in a lot of things. Now, honestly, between the two of us, we've probably seen mostly the same collection from his repertoire. What yeah. Repertoire. Repertoire. Um, but there are quite a few that we definitely have not seen. So, no. unfortunately, they're not going to make the list. Um, we're actually just talking about one of his movies in particular that he actually had really high marks for. Oh, yeah. Neither of us seen it. We both really want to see it. Just never quite got around to it. Oscar nomination? I thought it was. Yeah, that one was Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, Spy. So, that's not going to be in our list. And but, of course, the other reason to kind of avoid it is that is not an easy thing to say in any sort of audio medium. Uh, TTSS. Ta-ta for now? Wait, no, it didn't quite work. Uh, don't, yeah, we got to be careful with that acronym, though. Um, <laughs> so. So why don't we start with a couple of honorable mentions, and then we'll talk a little bit about some other things that are kind of important to the show. And then we'll go straight into the top five. Bingo. My three sons. <laughs> right. So. Well, yeah, it, you'd have to be a certain age to really to really know that show, I think. Even in syndication, it was kind of a rarity. 
So I only have a couple of honorable mentions that didn't make my top five. And I have to mention them just because of a couple different reasons. One, he was in several of the hot, the Harry Potter movies, which I thoroughly enjoyed all of them. I didn't think they really were quite top five material, but I had to at least bring up Prisoner of Azkaban where uh, Sirius Black gets introduced. He did such a great job with that role and so much fun. Uh, just, just I can watch it over and over. And I also uh, will bring up JFK just uh, as my other kind of honorable mention because, you know, playing the bad guy is, at least when I was still doing a little bit of acting, was my favorite part. And getting to play that that particular role had to have had such a lot of weight. to Well, not weight, that's not the word. Baggage. That's the word I was looking for. Just to, to do it in a way that makes you stand out, but also does justice to the history and also does justice to the character. And, you know, just, it was good. It just wasn't, the movie was a little bland to me. Well, he had to keep his line straight. He had to be a real sharp shooter with all his action scenes. No! Oh, wait. Uh, that that joke is going to make people bolt up in their seats. Yours is more clever. Mine was. <laughs> I liked yours. So, I, in looking at the list of things that he he did, he has been in. Um, I have to throw out a couple movies that I, I feel like get more recognition or maybe people think are better but really aren't good um there's one there's a there's a handful of them um one is a denzel movie uh he was in the book of eli um and that movie is okay i still have not seen that one i there are elements of it that looked like it was going to be interesting but i got busy it's <laughs> it's worth checking out on netflix or wherever it's at that's okay um hannibal um, which mm. Hannibal is is a good but not good movie. It's funny, but like, I, it's if you haven't seen the movie, uh, who, hard to describe. Hard to describe, except you know, like one. There's one scene where he, you know, eats his own brain. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like the whole, anyway, um, and then the professional which he was in, which I thought is just not a good movie. <laughs> I'm the crazy one here. We'll be coming back to that one. Uh, I want to like that movie. I just don't. And then uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I like the Planet of the Apes series of movies for what they are. Like, if you're trying to look into them and get some different message out of them, the CGI is good. The action's good. The direction, like, the director has gone on to do other good things. Um, I can't remember who the guy is. But, like... Those are good. I like those movies for what they are. Uh, I probably didn't give it a fair shake after the first reboot was just not what I would call an excellent movie. They they got um, I I feel like better, not amazing, uh, but they definitely started making more money after that first one too. So people are they they've made enough to continually make movies of them so they they are what they are chalk it up to taste differences so those are kind of our honorable mentions and uh you know not quite enough to get to that top five and we're kind of doing the top five for a couple reasons i I just realized we haven't really talked about we love to do top 10 lists 
we were concerned for two reasons to change it on this a little bit because one, we kept not getting that intersection. So getting 10 for both of us might be difficult for certain actors. Uh, but also, uh, those top 10s for 10 of each of us can sometimes go on for a little while. So we're trying to keep it more palatable, not palatable, uh, uh, consumable. Consumable. There's yeah. the word I'm looking for. We tend to be chatty Cathy's. So. A little bit. But uh, before we get into the meat of the top five, let's talk a little bit about uh, social media. It's everyone's favorite thing, right? It's media that you must be social with. Oh, that has been proven to be not true. <laughs> I've seen some very unsociable behavior. Unsociable behavior, yes. But uh, we love social media insofar as we want to connect with the people around. And we would love to hear what you have to say. Come visit us. If you're hearing this for the first time, we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram uh, at Pudding Guys. We are on uh, Twitter. The tweet box. That's right. At Real Pudding Guys. We even have uh, a little something special that we started just a few months ago uh, with uh, with an, a way that you can help us get better people on the show. Well, not better. I don't know if you can get much better than some people we've talked to, but more people on the show. Um, it's, a, it's a very American thing. It's a Patriot account. That's right. No, not Patriot. Patreon. Oh, did I say it wrong? Yeah, we are on Patreon. Just $1 a month can help us support the show, put it out, and be able to travel around, try and track down some of the more elusive individuals to talk to, uh, and eventually, hopefully, upgrade our equipment so that we sound better and look better and have new stuff. Mm. It's, uh, it's a small price to pay for, hopefully, some good entertainment. That's a can of Arizona iced tea only once per month. Hmm. Pretty fair. All right. Into the main part of the episode. So top five. What's your number five, Richard? Okay. So this is uh, funny, I think, but an enjoyable movie Mm -hmm. uh, from when he kind of had his, I don't know if you'd call it his heyday, but like his, he had this real thin stretch of movies that were just like super popular sure um air force one really okay so this is going to be fun i was wondering how much overlap on our lists there would be this is not on my list Mm, good have you seen air force one i have once a long time ago i don't remember much about it that's why it wasn't on my list it was probably a pretty good movie i seem to remember enjoying it but that's all i remember yeah so it's it's hair basically it's Harrison Ford is the president and then the Air Force One gets hijacked and it's a whole thing about is it like isn't his famous line like get off my plane <laughs> in his normal gruff delivery yeah so like you you you've just got to picture a con- contained environment and a thriller and not maybe an action movie in a certain sense yes. But like a thriller, exciting movie that is kind of that uh, popcorn movie, as they call yeah, it, right? Yeah. And you know, like there are those popcorn movies, and they're you know, you know, they're bad, but you watch them and they enjoy and you enjoy them. I feel like this one is you watch this movie, like you come out with it, yeah, you know, that wasn't that bad of a movie, and um, that's all I have to say about that. They're they're all in the same cabin. They're all under a lot of pressure. It's a very explosive. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, really well, had nowhere to go with that. Uh, the, David Bowie was not on the plane. 
okay. That's so that's that's fine. That's we, we'll work up to the work up to the number one, and we'll have I'm sure quite a bit more to say once we get closer. Mm-hmm. Now, my number five is probably significantly higher on your list. I have a funny feeling this. There's no way this is not crossing over between us. But number five for me was The Dark Knight. Mm. The Batman. Yeah. So he was in all three Christopher Nolan Batman films as Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, not at first as Commissioner, but as Jim Gordon that became Commissioner Gordon uh, in The Dark Knight specifically. Um, but, uh, you know, his character was pretty well established in Batman Begins. And yep. he did a good job and it was good. But he really got to have a little more play in the second film. And when you're not just working off of um, a couple of people like he was in the first film, he got to actually interact with a bunch of different people. I think that really played better. And he was he was able to have a lot more a lot more impact because of it. Yeah, though, if you are a comic book movie person, or more importantly, if you're not, and you watched these movies, it's like a class. It's it is a really good trilogy of movies yep. that, unfortunately, was only a trilogy, right? Yeah. I mean, the Batman character has so much more to offer and do and present and getting people's heads about stuff and a lot of stories. There's a lot of things to to do and. He was an integral character mm-hmm. in all three of the movies. You can't really have a true Batman story without the Commissioner Gordon character. So. Yeah, I, I would have kind of ha- had a little more fun. He, he had some scenes with Heath Ledger, but he wasn't really directly interacting with the Joker character. Not not really. Yeah. I mean, he had like one scene where they went back and forth for like a split second. And that was it. And I would li- I would love to see just a little bit of that because you get that in the comics and it goes very dark at points. <laughs> so that would have been would have been nice to see that just like a little Easter egg, a little tease, something like that. But you know, I'll take what I can get because that film is just so good. Yeah, and so fantastic. All right, so that's our number five. Let's go to number four, Richard. That's okay. really loud. Okay, sorry. Number four, so- Richard. On on this one, this one might be higher on your list. I'm sure it's on your list. Um, uh, the Fifth Element. It is higher on my list. Uh, I like the movie. I like the actors that are in the movie. I like the story. The action's cheesy enough. It's in that one. It's 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 in that era, right? So yeah. when you look yeah. at uh, Air Force One, was ninety seven. Uh, Fifth Element was 98. There's others in that era as well. So, like, it was a... It was not... like So, like, the 80s movies had that kind of cheesy action to it, and it evolved once you got into the 90s. So the 90s action movies were a different beast than the 80s ones, and then you moved into the 2000s, and they are more CGI. Like, that's when it started to progress. But the practical effects were still in play in Mm -hmm. the 90s. So, like, it was in that that middle ground so like all the bad guys well a majority of the bad guys were like suits right with mechanical mouths that moved yeah. and he was like the guy <sighs> with like the weird 
Like, yeah, the crazy hairstyles yeah. and the thing on his head that's not a hat, but it's not a visor, and you're not really sure what it is. Yes. So that movie is good, and he plays obviously a very integral character in that movie. And I don't know, like I said, it was just his his hot time for movies. Well, the thing that gets me, I saw an interview with him at one point, and this is not one of those films that I think he considers as being one of his kind of top, top films uh, in terms of performances. I, it, you, you'll, you'll have to dig to see it, but it's not that he disliked the role. I don't think it's just that he took the film on a lark uh, and then just did it. But this, <clears throat> this character is so different from anything else that he's done. And it's not just different, but it's, kind of mustache twirling level of bad guy while still being kind of winking at the audience in the process of doing it yeah. it's it's so good you mix that performance with the fact i've seen this movie over a hundred times so i will i will warn you that this is one of my favorite movies top 10 of all time it's designed by a fashion designer the entire cast is ridiculous, both with top-tier stars. And, well, I don't want to say top-tier and second-tier. More well-known stars and people that maybe people would kind of recognize but know, know immediately. Like, the president of Earth is Zeus. Yeah. Is Zeus. I mean, I know that's not his name, but that's who I think of because that's, I mean, he was in he was in Friday and, and that series of movies. He's always fun in anything that he's in. But he always plays kind of, the, again, that same character. I'm a big, tough guy. I'm the guy you don't want to make angry. He's the president yeah. in this film. And he, the, oh gosh, the one of the very bit parts, but he is, I think the office, is he the, the president's, like one of his officers, secondhand men? Um, yep. I, I have no idea what that guy's name is, but uh, he's in... It's slipping my mind, too. He's in, like, every action movie of all time. Yes. Yeah. Like, when you see, like... I know that guy, that guy yeah. right? I mean, and, he's, and again, he's always good in everything. I've never seen a bad performance. Now, it's a very niche performance. Uh, he's he's almost always, the again, similar kinds of characters, but... But, I mean, you've got... In should the, we look up his name? I think we should look I up his name. I think we should look up his name. Continue he's, talking he's awesome. So, I mean, you've got... You've got um, Chris Tucker, which this is towards the beginning of his rise to fame. And Chris Tucker is funny to begin with. And to put him in such a ridiculous role and have him just go completely off the cuff in absurd outfits, that's so much fun. You've got um, Bruce Willis, and he's going against type in this film because he's playing... Well, Bruce Willis, really. Again, he's he's actually the only one that's really kind of always the same. But that's okay because it's that's the it's character perfect. we want to yep. see. Um, if you've got uh, Martin Freeman in it, I mean, or did I say Martin Freeman? Is that right? No. Ian Holm. Ian is Holm is what I meant to say. Martin. See, the problem is they're both in the Lord of the Rings series of movies, and one in the Hobbit series and one in Lord of the Rings. So every time I think of one, I think of the other because they played the same character. I hate it when I do that. But uh, yeah, Ian Holm is, is fantastic in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's such, again, a very singular performance. 
Um, what was the name of the actor that we forgot? Brian James. Brian James, right? Mm-hmm. And he's he's awesome in everything. I mean, you've got the the outfit that you know at least one in ten female cosplayers seem to love to wear at any sort of convention to cosplay. That's got the the bright orange suspenders um, and. Uh, I'm, I, now I'm going to warn you. Today has not been a great brain day for me. I've been dropping names, but the actress, the lead actress, Emila Jovovich, uh, she's this is again like her first real big breakout role, and she was fantastic. Learned a language. The director and her spoke the language on the set. How cool is that? Beginning of the film, you've got was it Jason Priestley? Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean. Just even those little bits in there. I mean, it's just fantastic. The the language, the 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 world. That's what it is the world building that is evident in this movie is massive, and that just blew me away. So one of the things I was looking for here is the budget for this movie. What do you think? So remember, this is like ninety seven. Um, thirty thirty five. 93 million. That was the budget. Wow. Yeah. So. I, I don't do the budgeting in my house, so I'm always going to get those questions wrong. Well, I, I think you have to put in, in uh, context, one, when it was. That's mm. a lot of money in that time. For oh, yeah, that's huge. Time, but, like, money, like, movies don't get that budget now, like, at all. A lot of them don't. No. But that's a lot of money to be budgeted for that type of movie, right? Like, yeah. that, that's not generally speaking the ones that make a lot of money so like there was a lot of money and effort put into making this movie i guess that's what i'm trying to get at here like it wasn't just some one-off with a little bit of money that they tried to do like they put money and effort into making this movie i i I do love that film it just puts a smile on my face every time multi-pass lilu lilu dallas multi-pass yeah <laughs> it's just a good one. It is. All right. So that was your number four. four. All right. So my number four, I mentioned we'd be getting back to this, is the professional. Mm, uh, Leon. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not sure where you're going with, with the, the dislike of this particular film. Uh beyond the fact that the it's got an interesting cast uh, for the time. I mean, you've got uh, uh Jean Reno. Uh, Natalie Portman when she was really young. You don't like Jean Reno? What? No, Natalie Portman. Oh, okay. Well, that's still not a big Natalie Portman fan, huh? No. I don't know. I've, I've always, been, I'm with the exception of the um, Star Wars reboot. Which was... Which was abysmal. Booty. But was not her fault. That's true. But... Um... Um, I, you you can always elevate yourself to like, be better than the material. V for Vendetta. She was awesome in V for Vendetta. That movie's annoying. What? Oh, you. If I could reach through. See see my hands going across and coming <laughs> towards. Oh. <laughs> I mean, she was good in Thor. Okay. Oh, uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have an off air conversation about this one. It's gonna come to fisticuffs, but there, it's there is one movie that I liked her. I mean, I got to remember which one it was. Uh, yes, uh, Your Highness. You know, I don't think I saw that one. <clears throat> uh, so let me just 
do the uh, cast here for you, and you'll know why you might not have seen it. Uh, okay. Uh, Danny McBride, James Franco, uh, Toby Jones, Justin Theroux, Zoe Deschanel, Charles Dance, Damian Lewis. That sounds like a good cast. Yeah. And it's a it's like... Uh, oh, I remember seeing the previews for that like a film. rated R comedy, basically. Yeah. Mm, I was going to see that, and again, ran out of time. That, that seems to be my ongoing thing. I want to do something. Run out of time. No. So, no, but the fun prof- in that movie. The professional, you get the back and forth between uh, the the two leads. I mean, the cop, You know, again, it's kind of a, a done-to-death thing. The cop that's not necessarily the good guy, kind of. But he brought that part to a different level. It, it, had, it was more believable. At least I felt. And I have a thing for movies that have really uncomfortable scenes in them. I don't know why I... Make, it, make you squirm a little just bit? Just a little bit. And the the young Natalie Portman scenes when she's trying on outfits is one of those really, for me, uncomfortable scenes. It's just like, oh, it's... Well, ooh. I challenge you to go to the YouTubes and watch... Trailers. So look up the trailers for The Professional, right? And this was probably what was the downward spiral for me for this one to begin with. I was set up for failure. Um, was like, it's presented to you... As a big action film. As a big... Well, and maybe not even a big action film, but like a sneaky action film. Like, not. I'm not talking about Ninja, <laughs> yeah. but like, this is a person who does these things... And it's underhanded and like he's got the situation. So how am I going to get out of this situation? The interactions with this in conjunction with and like. Like a Charles Bronson, the mechanic sort of thing. Well, just more than what it was. So I, I had I had these expectations. And let's see, that was That's back when I had my early days of setting up expectations for myself when I learned working in the movie theater and watching all these movies like don't have expectations when you go to these movies no. and you'll never be disappointed so but watch the if you haven't watched this movie if you have watched this movie go watch the trailers on YouTube for The Professional yeah and tell me if you think that that movie is going to be like some type of action movie right? and I and I will say one thing I have I go in with no expectations or at least I try to I've still been disappointed on occasions. <laughs> um, Aladdin? Yeah, y- yes. <laughs> Check out our previous episode. Yeah. So, all right. Number three to you. Okay, so here's here's my preface with this. And I, I never read... Well, I don't ever read. Let's let's put that in place. Don't let people know that. We need to appear intelligent. Um, I, I read a book once. <laughs> so the Harry Potter mo- books, I've never read a single word out of any of those books, right? So all I know is the movies. So when it comes to that atmosphere and that attitude and how things are presented. I don't know better or worse compared to what the books are. And 99% of the time, the books are better than the movies, right? That's mm-hmm. just kind of how it is. So I'm not basing anything off of one direction or another. I just know that when he's in any of those movies, he's like like one of the highlights of yeah. those movies. Not trying to be cheesy not trying to be something else he's 
delivering a character that I think is not initially what you're used to seeing with kids and happy things and maybe a creature that's a bad creature and he gets introduced and you're like oh well this he got to be a bad dude and like he's really not but he goes a little over the top if you're talking about the prisoner of azkaban yes i i i i just can't remember the movies enough because i've only seen them like a couple of times but like wasn't the what was after the prisoner was that the order of the phoenix the goblet of fire goblet of is next. Is next. Goblet of Fire is next. Okay. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, which is the one that he dies, dies in? in. <laughs> that would be Deathly Hallows. Oh, no. all the way at the end? Okay. No, well, no, I'm sorry. That. No, it's not. I'm sorry. He's he's in Deathly Hallows as a spirit. My spirit, brain yeah. my brain turned off for a minute. So it is uh Order of the Phoenix that he dies in. Okay. So and I can't. Remember, I'm just not familiar enough. I just know that in that middle collection of them, I always loved the scenes that he was in. Oh yeah. In movies that made hundreds of millions of dollars, that in a lot of them the kids are what they are and the adults are what they are. But I always thought from the adult standpoint that he was probably one of my favorites in that series of those movies. Yeah. It, he he's well he stands out. I mean it's just it's he's got kind of a magnetic. Um, screen presence that it's it's undeniable he's he's at the same time somebody you go oh i kind of want to be friends with him whether he's a good guy or a bad guy he just kind of comes off in that way at least to me and then add on the layers of whatever else it is he's trying to convey it's just i I love watching him work side note um two things if you look at him in any of these things that we're talking about is he the main character? A couple of times. So like, but not usually. But not usually. He's always a secondary character. A strong secondary. Which yeah. leaves enough of an impression that we like, yeah, we like him in all these movies. So like, that's one thing I was noticing too. Our lists are primarily not him as a main character. He's either a strong secondary character or the lead villain. Yeah. So uh, th- there's that. And the other thing too is, in all of these movies, for the most part, you don't know that he's got the accent that he does. I know. So he That's amazing. eliminates for the most part whatever like if you if you watch those aforementioned HTC commercials, mm-hmm. that's just him speaking normally and he does have an accent, but you don't ever detect it, I don't think, in any of these movies that we talk about unless mm-hmm. he's making up some other accent. Yeah. And that's his own, that's a different thing. So okay, back to the main show. Talking about lead villain, my number three, Bram Stoker. I'm just going to say Dracula. Like I said, bad brain day for me today. <laughs> Brahmin milk? Yeah. Stroke? Yeah. Brahmin, no, we're not going that direction. No. Bram Stroker's Dracula. Nobody knows who Brahmin milk? Oh, I, I know. I, yeah. No, like I said, we're not going down that direction. Not, not even a hint. It's just a cow. Yeah. Um, so he is, you know, he is actually Dracula. Dracula. And so, again, he gets to play the lead villain. And he gets to play the lead villain in two completely different ways. Mm-hmm. And it, that when I saw this, I like, oh, man, I, I love this guy. I mean, no matter what he's in, he gives you everything. And on top of that, in this film, he's surrounded by such a fantastic cast. I mean, you got... Winona Ryder. You've got Keanu, Keanu. Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody loves him now. You've got uh, Anthony Hopkins. 
you've got um, uh, Kerry Elwes. The man, I love that dude, but I mispronounce his name every single time. But he he will forever be one of my favorites from uh, Princess Bride. Um, What's that movie? Don't make me smack you. Monica, we've already we've already had this discussion. That's right. Monica Bellucci. I mean, just the, so not only was it a great cast, but the cinematography in that film was so good. I mean, the the mood uh, from the settings and the lighting and everything that was done was just kind of on point. The dialogue. I mean, it was so good. The dialogue was not amazing uh, in that film, but you may not notice so much. Well, with that movie, so like you hear Bram Stoker, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Not always Dracula. He's got other things. So he was. When was he a writer? Like the eighteen hundreds? Like uh, it was quite a long time like ago. A long time. So this is the interpretation of the Dracula story based on his writings. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. So like you don't get that collection and that director together often in shows no. right so you you're right like it's it's him being drag like the count man i don't know what we'd classify him like him being a creepy person oh yeah super creepy <laughs> and then him actually being terrifying Dracula. yes and then the overreaching story, like with um, Anthony Hopkins kind of telling you what things are, are doing. And like, this movie, if you, it, it's such a long time, 20 years ago. It's hard to believe. It was, it was another heyday movie. It was. Right? So, if you haven't seen this movie, and I don't know... I don't even know if I'd call this a horror movie. No, not really. This is a thriller. Um, supernatural thriller. S- through supernatural thriller, yeah. So if you haven't seen this movie and you like those types of movies, I mean, what are you doing? Like, go check this out. This is a top-notch cast, a top-notch movie, and a very true-to-form yet different view mm-hmm. of Dracula. Yeah. That you don't, I think you, you get a lot, but you don't get it presented like this. No, that's just fantastic. All right, we're getting, we're actually making good time on this. Yeah, flying along here. Right. So, number two, right? Yep. Um, I've got, I had a hard time figuring out uh, which Batman, right? Because it's one of the first two. Um, and not, not the third because I don't like the third that's not it i just think if you're going to introduce the character as in batman begins right so like right. that that part is very important everyone loves the dark knight just as a movie like mm-hmm. all the individual pieces all the setup the performance of the joker which at this point apparently is becoming like a choice role if you can play it and present it accurately even even if you're the voice actor doing it also mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so i i think that whole when you look at the trilogy as individual movies or if you look at them as actually one complete set like one thing one entity in a sense i think once again we already discussed he plays an integral role in the movies although not an upfront role 
as much as a few other people are, right? Yeah, prominent, but, but not always in the foreground. Yep. And I think he presents the character how you might think of him, not from the cartoons, maybe. No. But, like, from... If you go to, like, Batman year one, right? So he was set up as maybe not the best person, but a family man and the person that wanted to do the things right. Yeah. And I think in this one, you initially get that. You don't see his family, per se. You, you, you it's do. It's there. You do, but, but you, you don't. don't. It's not a forefront because you're not focusing on him as the character in here. Yeah. So you get, but you get the aspect that he's a family person. Um, you get the as- aspect that he wants to do the right thing, but there's that little hidden thing of he didn't quite do the right thing. Right. So not always, maybe because of frustration of having been dealing in a corrupt system for so long or whatever. But, uh, but he, and this is the thing about his performance. You own with Batman Begins as your your choice on this. Yeah, and I, that was my initial thought, and, and I like the I like the Dark Knight thing. I just don't the uh, the uh, him dying and then being the driver in the truck was po- pointless to me. That's oh, there's a lot of things that are pointless. There's some really I, great videos that that just chew apart the little plot holes of the films, but I can ignore it. Yeah, so like I. Every time I see that, I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, it doesn't detract me from it. I'm just like, no. it makes me like. It's meant to throw off the viewer. That's the whole purpose of it. It's just to shock you back into paying attention to the film and trying to lend some emotionality to it is all. Yeah. So just a, a vehicle for yeah your face. The, the, the equivalent of playing the music in the background to, oh, it's the sad music. It's time to cry. I'll buy into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Batman Begins was just so good. And talking about his performance of Jim Gordon. Now, depending upon which version of Batman you're talking about, Commissioner Gordon is played really, really differently. Um, with the exception of maybe Batman the Animated Series. I don't often get the fatherly sense from the Jim Gordon character very often. And they definitely gave that in both Batman Begins and uh, The Dark Knight. And again, it, I think it's partly because of who he is. He's like, oh, I really, he like, seems like somebody I'd love to be in my family, kind of a thing. He can, he mm-hmm. can do that. He can emote that. And it's, it's, it's really kind of an amazing thing when you can just kind of, in a snap, turn it on. Uh, it, it's always great. Okay. On to number two. On to number two for me. Uh, true Romance. True Romance. What Did you it? ever see True Romance? A couple times, and it's been a long time ago. So True Romance was um, uh, the one guy and the one girl, and Brad Pitt was a stoner. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, okay. Uh, 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 Patricia <laughs> Arquette. Christian Slater. And Christian Slater, yep. So uh, they steal cocaine from the mob yes. and then go sell it to Hollywood people. And the mob hunt them down. And Gary Oldman is... Gary Oldman is a weird character in this film. And he's not in a ton of it. But, again, it's one of those performances that's so weird. How often would you expect to see Gary Oldman in dreadlocks? That's why, yeah. And gold teeth. I mean, it's just... (laughs) It's just so... 
over the top and ridiculous. This entire film is just, I don't know if I want to use the word silly, but silly and brutal at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird mishmash. And again, talking about just the ridiculous levels of talent that's in this film. You've already mentioned Brad Pitt was in it. And we were talking about Gary Oldman. So Gary Oldman's in it, but Dennis Hopper and Val Kilmer and, uh, Christopher Walken and Bronson Pinchot and who um, beat up uh, Patricia Arquette? Um, um, I'm trying to remember. It's like one of the two actors that you think are the same people. Uh, hmm. Well, while you're trying to figure that out, the other two I was going to mention: Michael Rappaport, I love in <laughs> pretty much everything, um, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Looks like <laughs> I mean, it's it's the film is quirky and it's got really strange um timing just the way that it progresses so james gandolfini is he the one he's the one to beat her up yeah 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 that was it yeah i was thinking like uh tom sizemore that's who or was it tom sizemore one Uh, of those two beat up one of the two yeah this is this only bad thing we're we're dredging up memories like i haven't actually seen true romance in a long time over 10 years easily and like we always think of like Tom Sizemore and Michael Madsen as playing like the same Roles character every time, but like, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we 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 mentioned this person, Saul Rubinek. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we talked about him sometime recently in something. I feel like. Yeah, you're, you're not gonna not gonna drag that out of me today, just because it's not not gonna happen. But yes, continue with your... So anyway, the the pacing. There's the word I was looking for. Pacing of the film is it kind of goes back and forth between frenetic and slow. And it just, between that and the editing and the dialogue is so just kind of pithy. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but it's, it's not light dialogue, but it's um, Whedon-esque maybe. Um, well, it's a it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Well, he wrote it. Yeah. Right. So he so you got it. that kind of that snappy dialogue and just when you when you put all that stuff together, it's it's just fantastic. And there's and then you've got the violence. If you if you don't like violent films, do not watch this film. It is definitely violent. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is a Tarantino movie without him directing it. Basically. Yeah. It, it was so good. Fun. It's you're right. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. So we're on number ones. We're on number ones. Drum roll. So we already talked about my number one. We already talked about my number one too. <laughs> That's okay. We similar items on the list, That's which right. you kind of figured. Which one uh, was yours? I have uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula, and I had Fifth Element at number one. Obviously, yeah. if you couldn't tell me going into gushing mode when yeah. talking about it. Yeah, easy, easy to have that discussion when it is one of your favorite movies oh yeah um i'm trying to think here so i always remember early when this film came out having this impression of this movie that never matched what the actual movie was Hmm. In, in the sense that when it's presented it's presented as i feel like something is it's more horror than thriller, which what we discussed, it's actually more thriller than horror. Sure. And there's the creepy elements and that type of stuff in it. Certain element of naughtiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if you watch 
maybe if you watch the trailer, I'll go back to this, you know, do some YouTubes on it, watch the trailer on it. It's it's almost presented in a different way than what the whole actually movie plays out to. And if I'm not mistaken, weren't there two versions of this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was one movie, one, and then there was like a three-hour version of it as well. Because there's yeah. a lot of storytelling in it as opposed to them just writing in a horse and buggy carriage in the snow going somewhere. Right. So like... Was that like the director's cut? Director's cut. That's yeah. almost certainly what they called it. Yeah. The, the special edition to get more money out of you. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> if I, I want to say it was the, oh God, it was like a really long, like it was already, yeah. So the movie itself was two hours and eight minutes, but the, the other cut in it was, Gosh, half hour, 45 minutes, like some ridiculous amount that they had to just, they wanted, studio wanted to trim it down. Now, one of the, one of the things, it had such an impact in, in the way that it was made and the delivery. I mean, sure, I mean, it's still it's still the book, essentially, but um, uh, what we do in the dark, mm. <laughs> if you've ever seen that. It's on Hulu right now, actually. <laughs> they do an excellent job with a little bit of parody of, of Bram, Stoker, Bram Stoker. Uh, it's going to be a really rough time. Fire something. It's good. Yeah, it's 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 just going to get worse from here. Well, uh, Winona said that uh, technically she feels like uh, her and Keanu are actually still married from the seat because like how it was performed, they it's like they actually got married uh, in some certain legal circumstances. Obviously, it was for the movie, well, and she's she's joking. But who wouldn't want to be married to Keanu Reeves? Such a gentleman. Yeah, I mean, I I he's got the the dreamy eyes and the. Maybe that's the next one we should do. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. I'd have a great time doing the top five on him. Oh God, what's the, what's the one that he did where he's the got a hard drive in his head? Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Yes, it's got Henry Rollins. In it. Yeah, I may be having a hard time remembering things, but with Keanu Reeves, not going to have too much trouble. Most of that is seared into my brain. Yeah, that might be a good one to do. Yeah. Okay, on to your number one. More discussion. More about- discussion of Fifth Element. So I was thinking a little bit about it in, in the time while, was, uh, while we were talking about the other stuff. It's one of the presentations, you know, you get a lot of dystopian future movies and where you tend to either have uh, everything, well, not just dystopia, but the presentation of the future in any given uh, movie is often tried to take to some form of extreme. Uh, mm-hmm. You go to Star Trek, oh, everything is an idyllic paradise, except where we're on the edges, or a lot of movies, it's everything's just gone to, to pot, and uh, everybody's killing each other to survive, or it's cutthroat. The Walking Dead. Uh, the Walking Dead, you know, whatever. This was a really interesting take on future where it's it's more of a logical progression from what's already there things are still kind of awful in the ways that you would think they would be awful just with more people and technology and the things that are good are just better than they were before with more people and technology i mean the way that they do the designs of the costumes and the the prominence of things like uh, the placement of mcdonald's Hmm. in the film you know, two special orders, you know, how will that change over time? You've got to come up with new language. They're not going to, it's not going to be a happy meal forever. 
you know, whatever it is, they, they have to come up with what would occur with this. What would be the stylistic changes? Oh, yeah. High rises getting bigger and bigger. Well, are there going to be flying cars? If they're not going to be, you know, as we're building up, what happens to the underneath? I mean, it's just that's all addressed and it's just kind of at least at least in parts and you get to get the feeling of everything it was just just really really cool um and we, we mentioned chris tucker too oh geez. and his kind of over the top if you will performance oh, yeah. that was, it was so pure funny. chris tucker really yeah. and it was that gosh that was before like we knew who chris tucker was yeah but that was that was before he had his that was before or, rush hour. Before rush hour, but like mm-hmm. that was before his kind of explosion on the scene. Oh right? yeah. Oh, so yeah. like that was just the tip of him getting into. The, yeah, I think that performance movies. is really. Well, I can't say for certain because you know what do I know? But it, it seems like that performance was so good, and then he exploded. So either they already knew, and that was the first example of it, or maybe they didn't know, and they saw that it's like oh. We could put him in stuff, mm-hmm. and he could definitely be a lead. Uh, just it's it was it was crazy. The editing—that's the other thing that I forgot to mention. I'm a big fan of creative editing. I don't know too many films that edit like this film did, going from group of people to group of people in a given story where each of the stories are being told and going forward. And it's not so fast that you're not getting enough to go with it, but it's not so slow that you forget what happens in the other stuff. So they're all progressing. But if you take the snippets together, it's telling a different story. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's brilliant. I mean, there's, I, I cannot get, I cannot get tired of that movie. And I can say it's been tested because I have worked retail in the past. uh, And anybody that has worked retail knows that, uh, large companies tend to want to put either music or television on in the background, and they want it to be fairly simple, uh, uh, something that will promote a good feeling or something that will promote their product or whatever, something they don't have to pay money for, or at least not very much. Um, and usually it's awful. It is just the worst of the worst, and with very few exceptions. I mean, was, I hear y'all will be there. Yeah, I was going to say, where's Paul Rudd at this moment? But. That movie played nonstop at one of my retail locations that I worked. Did not bother me. In the least bit, never got tired of it. And instead, you find more things that you missed or yeah. finite details or little hidden snippets in the background. You know what I love? The died in the wool killer. <laughs> Thorough, methodical. A real killer would have wondered what that little red button... <laughs> <laughs> what well, I did, boom! Sorry, I just it, it all plays in my head. It's just it's just right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic, good movie. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Uh, do these kind of fall into your favorite Gary Oldman films? Uh, if they do, uh, tell us. If they don't, tell us. Just you know, talk to us. We need friends. Come, come, come visit. Friends. F R A N D S. Friends. <laughs> That's right. But until next time, uh, we'll keep thinking of uh, a new person that we can talk about. Right? Keanu. Keanu. It's got to be Keanu. Keanu.